are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, we have news for you on a Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. First, we're going to be talking about where Chip Trey Anum is transferring to, also what position he's going to be playing for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Then we're going to be talking about the upcoming games for the Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team that have been canceled due to COVID-19 protocols for both USC and UCLA. And then we're going to be talking about our initial preview for the game against Wisconsin in the Vegas Bowl. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by Sonos, reinventing home audio for today and tomorrow. The smart home sound system, the official partner of ESPN College Football, help the world listen better. Like I said, it is a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays as we are coming up on the New Year's. Still a couple days left in this year, but a lot of ASU news. But before we get into that... Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, and by us, I mean Connor Drios, your host. Uh, I should say co-host, but you can find me at C Drios. You can find our other co-host, Richie Bradshaw, at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcast. Richie, it is Monday, my friend. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was absolutely wonderful. I got to spend plenty of time with my family. I got to get out of the valley and into some cooler weather and just really enjoy myself. This this break has been much needed, and I'm having a very good time, Connor, and I appreciate you asking me. Well, it's the only time this week I'm going to ask you, so I'm great that it was great. What about tomorrow? Nope. Or the next day? Not a chance. What about the day after that? Take a hike, pal. <laughs> and then Friday, we actually will not have an episode this week for New Year's. So we'll have four more episodes for you this week. Uh, but otherwise, let's get into some more Sun Devils news. So Chip Traynum, one of our favorite players of the last two seasons. He's only played in, I don't know, what, like 10 games, give or take? Uh, Probably a Maybe little more. A little more. Games. Uh, regardless, I know he scored like 10 touchdowns, but... Uh, one of our favorite running backs on this team uh, came in as a freshman in only four games and absolutely just dominated, especially that first game against USC. We thought we had uh, a great prospect on our hands, and it's not that we didn't, but things did not turn out for Chip Trainum and ASU the way we would have hoped. Uh, he entered the transfer portal, I, I think, probably almost three weeks ago now, it feels like. Yeah, it was shortly after the season concluded. So he, he's, he went to the transfer portal. The kids, kids from Akron, Ohio, uh, I, I know... I. I think we beat out Penn State, Ohio State, and maybe one other big school when he chose ASU. Because getting him was a big deal. Four-star running back, um, taking a kid from Ohio who ended up going to Ohio State. Yeah, going back home to uh, Columbus area, which isn't that far from Akron, if my if my Ohio Ge- geology, geology or geology, geography. I was hoping you weren't going to correct No, me. no. My, if my Ohio geography skills are correct, Akron is pretty close to Columbus. What grade did you get in Ohio geography? Uh, Probably like a D because I don't care about Ohio. Okay, well, that's fair. Especially since they took our boy Chip Trainer from us. He is now going to be an Ohio State Buckeye. Richie, you're a little bit more versed, especially in more uh, 
uh, non-Pac-12 schools, what does Ohio State's running back depth room look like? Does Chip have a, if he were a running back, would he have had a, a chance to start? Uh, they would not. I'm going to pull up the names off the top of my head. But they had a true freshman running back who absolutely dominated the I'm sure I've heard his name box score this year. It's it's gonna kill me. I want to say his last name is like Webster or something like that. But uh no, not quite. Uh Travion Henderson. Same thing. Yes, exactly. Rushed for eleven hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns this year. Uh they also had Master T for what it's worth, but he's graduating, right? Yeah, he's graduating and he wasn't anything that was gonna blow you out of the water. And then they have CJ Stroud is a is a decent runner, not not anything noteworthy, but it it was all about I'm gonna sneeze. It was all about that running back Travion Henderson. Bless who, you? Question mark. It's coming. The, Travion Henderson was the guy this year, and because he was a freshman, there's a very good chance that uh, Chip was not gonna see very many snaps at running back, and that doesn't mean he won't. But the big news here was that he's transitioning to linebacker. Which is, so from everything I read, it seemed like the, the Buckeyes struggled a little bit at the linebacker position. It's not like this is the first time we've seen a skilled player switch to, uh, e- even defense in general. Uh, I feel like it's very frequent that we see wide receivers become uh, cornerbacks. Wasn't the kid from uh, uh, South Carolina, right? Uh, cornerback. Wasn't he a former wide receiver? Oh, uh, Horn? No, not TJ Horn. Or not, uh, not TJ Horn. Jay-Z. Wow. JC Horn. Uh South I, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't uh Are you talking uh, about Debo? No. Uh the one the kid that got taken maybe I'm just not remembering the school. The kid that got taken by Tennessee, first round. Why am I struggling on that name? Caleb Farley. Yeah, yeah. And was he, he was from Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Okay. Uh I believe he did have some wide receiver. That that was one of the big things for his draft process is he had the soft hands of a receiver. Like uh like Trevon Diggs. Who also played receiver at Bama, and now look at what he's doing in the NFL. It's not too odd to see it happen. It's just it's not the move I was expecting to happen. Um, I, I know I I guess I would like to be a fly on the wall for what Ryan Day had talked to um, Chip about, whether it was him or it was somebody else on the coaching staff specifically, and what they had told him, like, "Hey, you're really good at this running back thing, but let's move you to linebacker." I'm curious why that is. Well, and the crazy thing is in the interview that I read is Chip was embracing the change. Like it wasn't like a, uh, you know, I wanted to go to Ohio State, but they did make me make a transition. No, he actually, Connor, was adamant about changing his position. And he said he was excited to get back onto the defensive side of the ball and to transition to that linebacker role. And if, uh, if everything works out for him, he could be the next Miles Jack. Sure, and that's that's like a, a best case scenario kind of thing. So, hundred oh, percent. So, Miles Jack, you're you're just talking. You're kind of like relating as a, a former running back turned defensive. Yeah. Uh, in this case, a linebacker playing in the NFL kind of thing. So, yeah, and I mean, there, there's been plenty of other examples. I mean, you had like Terrell Suggs and Anthony Barr were also running backs who transitioned to linebacker. But the the most recent example, obviously, would be Miles Jack, and both of them actually kind of have a very similar build. They're very stocky guys with deceptively quick speed. Not great hands. I, no, not great hands. But it, it'll be interesting to see this transition for Chip, and we're all going to be rooting for him. And if my memory serves, he does have immediate eligibility since this is his first transfer. So he could see the field pretty quickly, especially because Ohio State, their defense really kind of took a big step back this year after losing quite a bit on that side of the ball. But we'll see how they rebound next year they they do have a few pieces names off the top of my head i'm not sure but chip 
it, is he going to be a starter day one? No, of course not. He's learning a new position. But I feel like he could make a good transition. But obviously, we're, we're rooting for him. There's no bad blood between Arizona State and Chip Trianum, at least that we know of right now. So No, doing what's best for his career. What What is interesting, especially if he plans on playing at the next level, it's not. It's no secret, I should say, that running backs don't have an overly long shelf life. So maybe that could be going into his thinking a little bit. Hey, if I do want to play in the NFL, it doesn't feel like they have uh, as long of a career as maybe some other positions do. If he was, as you had mentioned, Richie, more adamant about playing on defense, uh, maybe that was there was a lot of factors kind of going towards that. Uh, I'd be really curious if anything else comes out after, and I'm not sure that it would. But same thing as I was mentioning earlier about being a fly on the wall. I'm curious if he wanted to play defense at ASU at all. Uh, and that was kind of a conversation where he got shot down. Uh, well, we'll see. You're, you're totally right. Playing for a school like Ohio State, I doubt he's going to be a starter day one. Uh, but we're cheering for him for sure. Wherever his career goes from here, we hope Chip Trainum has success. Uh, Ohio State is not playing ASU at all in the near future. So not that we have to worry about uh, any sort of revenge game there. But uh, again, very caught off by the move. Uh, not only were we surprised that he entered the transfer portal, but the fact that he's now playing a different position, not what we expected in 2021 of Chip Trainum. No, if you had told me before the season started that before the new year was over, that not only Chip was going to transfer, but that he was going to go to the defensive side of the ball, I would have asked you, like, what what in your right mind, this had to have been like some crazy kind of lucid dreaming that you were having where, like, I'm just questioning like at the same time like did ASU become a, a power five school that contends for a national championship what are the winning lotto numbers I would have had a lot of questions for you but it, yeah it's just very very out there transition for him but again we're rooting for him there's no bad blood that we know of like you said to be a fly on the wall and really just kind of know if Chip had asked for that transition it would have been interesting Definitely. Uh, if anything else does come out of that, or if Chip is having any success, we'll definitely be talking about that on the podcast as a former ASU uh, Sun Devil. Definitely want to highlight that for him. Again, wishing him all the best. Now we're going to be talking about the ASU basketball team. They haven't played a game, I, I don't have the date in front of me, but uh, mid to early December, definitely before Christmas, but they don't have a game scheduled until January 8th against the Arizona Wildcats. Here why. Coming up just a little bit later in the podcast, you're listening to the Locked On Sunnables podcast. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. Amazingly, low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and yet high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, and they're simply delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or even if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. Throw one in your jacket or purse, you never know when you're going to need it. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw in a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We are back discussing some ASU basketball with 
bad news? Question mark. ASU had a very daunting schedule coming up where they were going to be playing uh, at UCLA and at USC before taking on uh, the Wildcats in Tempe on January 8th. But both of their games against those California schools have been postponed due to COVID-19 issues. Not within ASU's locker room, but within the two California schools. So that being said, uh, before those two games, ASU had their previous game against Florida A&M that was canceled due to a power outage. Uh, And then they played, uh, essentially, was it Creighton right before that, if I remember correctly? Or is there a game in between that? The power outage? Yeah, yes. That was the fourth game that got delayed. So we played GCU, then we played we played um, Creighton, then we played, oh my gosh, I can't remember. And then the Florida A&M game got postponed, or canceled. And that was on Tuesday, December 21st, and I think we played either like maybe Sunday, Sunday or Saturday that weekend. So it's been about, uh, for us now, it's been probably about a week since ASU's played their game, their last game I should say. But essentially, in between that game and their game upcoming against the U of A Wildcats, it's going to be about 20 days, 20 days in between games. And I I shouldn't even say that. I mean, that is a long time for the Sun Devils, but both USC and UCLA have actually waited longer. Uh, Each school probably played their last game like early, early December, like first week of December. And since then, have had multiple games canceled uh, due to ongoing positive tests. So with that stretch in time, like, is that, is that a positive thing for ASU? Is it a negative thing? No, Especially it, it, those games against your conference teams are going to get rescheduled. They're not skipping out on playing USC and UCLA. They still have it. They still have to play those games. From what I'm understanding, it's going to be scheduled towards the very end of the calendar. Uh, so whenever they're scheduled to play their last conference game, they're going to have to play two quick games against USC and UCLA. So essentially probably those games on very uh, short rest. Yeah, no, and that's going to be a very negative thing, Connor. This... This Sun Devils team is going to be ridiculously rusty by the next time they play. But hey, who knows? Maybe Marcus Backley is like halfway there to being healthy. Half, maybe. Maybe, if we're lucky. No, it's going to be very bad because it's not like this was a it was a good team going into it. Now, with that being said, it's not like they were riding a hot streak and now all of a sudden they're going to lose all their momentum. Instead, they're just going to be a team that hasn't played basketball in three weeks and if they didn't look good already, they're not going to look good when they come back and they have to play U of A. The highest scoring team currently in the country. Exactly. Whatever the over is, take the over. U of A will get it by themselves. Very true. We're taking U of A to cover, right? A uh, little bit. What What's their spread? 25 and a half? Give or take. I would take U of A to cover that. So I guess in a sense, we've been talking about Marcus Bagley getting him back healthy. Right, And I know he had just made a joke about maybe he'll be halfway just because we've been waiting for so long without really a, a firm timetable for his return. But now they get essentially 20 days in between games where we would expect Bagley to be back, which, again, should be a boost. Uh, I haven't, I don't think U of A gets to play anybody between now and then as well. They might play one other game, but they were also supposed to play USC and UCLA. Uh, we got one of them first, and then essentially we flip-flopped within a couple of days. So uh, I think both us and Arizona were traveling to California to take on those teams. And now neither of us gets to play them. So it's not like U of A is playing all this basketball. You mentioned them being uh, them being ASU being rusty by the time this game is played. U of A kind of also has to sit and wait in between now and then. Again, they might play one other game. I would not be surprised, though, if ASU tries to find some other team, uh, maybe someone that just has a, a gap in their schedule or maybe... 
hey, uh, or they're they're uh, trying to find a team where like uh, they were supposed to play an opponent, but they had COVID issues. So the two locker rooms facing off between ASU and whoever there's this upcoming opponent might be uh, could be more of a scrimmage. I, I'm, stuff like that has happened in the past. I'm not sure how that technically works. It, it's not like it's a conference opponent, right? So it's not going to affect their overall conference record. And at the end of the day, it's probably not going to give decision makers for uh, essentially the committee who decides who gets in and who does not for the bracket, probably not going to affect ASU a, a whole lot. So that game is more so going to serve as uh, a break in between their, their last canceled game and their upcoming game against uh, U of A. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is even though U of A has a lot of time to sit as well, they have far more talent than ASU. And they, they're a team that can afford to take that kind of time off because they can pick up where they left off. With ASU... You don't know what you're going to get. Who who knows, Connor? May, maybe this long break is what ASU needs to get their mindset in the right place and what they need to really figure out their identity and what they want to do. And like we joked about, like there's a very good chance that by the time they play, Marcus Bagley's back. And maybe Bagley is what they need to turn the season around. Again, it's they're not competing for the Pac-12 title, but who knows, Connor? Maybe, maybe Bagley helps turn this team around and Get them back in the winning column and back into contention for a for a uh, March Madness tournament seating. But I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's just right now, based off of what we've seen, it seems pretty easy to count ASU off. But if we're being positive and being half glass full, because we we are very pessimistic about this basketball team, and we could be doing a better job of that, admittedly. But we could be more pessimistic. I agree. No, the opposite. But it, who knows? Like. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. It's too soon to tell. Right now, it's it's nothing but pes, uh, pessimism. And quite frankly, look outside at the weather and how cloudy and rainy it is right now in Arizona, which we love. But that's me and Connor's feelings towards this Arizona State basketball program right now. But again, being glass half full, maybe they turn around. Who knows? You're talking about that paying off. We're not going to know that, obviously, until they play their game against U of A. If for some reason they stun the country and they beat them on their own home court. Uh, again, this would be in Tempe on January 8th. That would be something we'd look back at this break and go, man, that was such a positive thing for U of A. Maybe it's because it threw U of A more so off their rhythm and their uh, kind of some of their, their continuity that they've built up this season. And for whatever reason, they uh, potentially would have overlooked ASU. And, and this is like best case scenario. We're not saying that this is going to happen just because they have this break. Uh, again, ASU has to deal with this the same way that U of A does. No, they're not seeing a ton of live basketball action between now and this upcoming game, but they're still practicing. All these teams are still practicing as much as they normally have, if not more, just because they don't have any actual games to play. So, uh, again, expect them to get some sort of scrimmages going between uh, some other teams who might be experiencing some downtime due to some uh, COVID issues. But this is an opportunity for ASU to get healthy. Same thing for these other teams, right? Anyone that is experiencing the COVID symptoms, we obviously hope that uh, anyone in the USC or UCLA locker rooms, hopefully that uh, everyone is getting healthy there. So by the time these games are ready to be played, uh, everyone is being safe and that it can be a very competitive game for with everybody essentially on the court on both sides. So Yeah, and I, I like what you said about this is a good opportunity for ASU to get healthy. I think that's the way we need to look at this, Connor. Instead of being so pessimistic, Let's look at it this way. This is an opportunity to get healthy. If there was a way that you didn't have to play USC or UCLA, then yeah, you'd probably dodge a major bullet. But at the same time, you're trying to prove yourself against the best of the best. 
And if you're trying to, to essentially prove to the decision makers that you deserve to be at the NCAA tournament, it's by beating these teams, right? If you start beating up on some of the worst teams in the Pac-12, it's not that it doesn't mean anything. It just might not mean as much as beating a USC, UCLA, or, or Arizona, who are all currently ranked inside the top 10, which, again, the odds of them winning any of those games is probably not very likely. But sports are weird. Sports are very, very weird. Right, they're they're not as predictable as we all might think they are. So, but you never know. So, we'll see how this coaching staff and some of the leaders on this team uh, take this in stride, and just see how it, it affects them. If they come out totally flat against uh, a very good Arizona team uh, come January eighth, could be the break. It could just be the fact that they're being outclassed by a better team. So that's yet to be seen. But it is it now officially bowl week for the Arizona State Sun Devils taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. We're going to be getting to our first initial preview of this game being played on, is it Thursday, Richie? It'll be Thursday the 30th at 7.30 p.m. P.m. Is that Eastern time or is that Arizona? That's uh, a good question. Well, I guess and I'm glad you Vegas asked time. it. We'll figure that out for you as <laughs> we'll we come back that a little bit later on the podcast. But getting into this first preview, you're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't take it, wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are back with the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast, giving our first initial preview, very high level for you, of those Wisconsin Badgers team. How afraid should we be going into the Vegas Bowl? We've got a lot of stats. Spoiler alert, very. We've got a lot of stats specifically on their offense, defense, uh, as well as their special teams. Again, giving more of a high overview of how this team has played this season. Richie, do you want to kick it off with a little bit about this offense? Where are they scoring most of their point, uh, points from? Who should we be looking out for in the Vegas Bowl? As we've talked about uh, plenty of times on this podcast and how Wisconsin and ASU match up against each other very well because they have strong defenses that are led by power run games and very subpar passing attacks. This is where it starts, is their, is their run game. So Braylon Allen, their freshman running back, rushed for over 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. Connor, a ridiculous 7.1 yards a carry. Yeah, but he probably didn't get very much volume. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he funny enough, did not lead the team in carries. He only had 157. Uh, transfer, Ches Malusi, I believe is how you Malusi. said it. Malusi. <laughs> had 815 yards of his own and five more touchdowns. But yeah, he, to put so much he on only Malusi. had... 4.7 yards per carry. Malusi. Yeah, only 4.7. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they had three more guys finish with over 100 rushing yards, none of them being their quarterback, Graham Mertz. Mertz is a very, very underwhelming quarterback. Nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Their backup quarterback as well, Chase Wolf, one touchdown to two picks. So th- this is a team that had more interceptions and touchdowns. Well, are you still laughing about Malusi? No, it's it's... Something we'll have to talk about off podcast, but finish finish your sentence. <laughs> the point the point is is they're they're going to be guided by their run game, and they did they also didn't have a receiver finish with over 500 yards. Danny Davis, Jake Ferguson, and Kendrick Pryor 
all had 400 or more yards. The team high in receiving touchdowns was three. So this is entirely a team built on the ground game. We've talked about this previously, but obviously we're going to talk about it more going into this week. But it starts and ends with Braylon Allen. Can I can I ask you a question? That of course, some people find to be uh, very gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very controversial. Okay. Uh, how much does time of possession matter in a football game? Oh, dude. So it's such a it's such an interesting stat. Now we're opening a whole other can of worms, but with time of possession, it just there's times where it's really really important. Like d- depending on who you're playing, right? So. If we're talking about college football and we're talking about offenses like Alabama, the important thing is to keep Alabama off the field as long as possible. But on the flip side of it, if Alabama is scoring points on every single drive and they quote unquote lose the time of possession battle, that's where it doesn't matter. Exactly. If if your opponent has, they're averaging like five yards per drive and they're scoring regardless of a, a... Field goal, touchdown, whatever it is, their time of possession is not going to look very good. That's insane. I'm just that they're only getting five yard drives. And oh my gosh, five five uh, five play drives. Um, regardless, it's a really good field position. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> or a really good kicker. You're about to be fired. I will do it live on the podcast. You can't fire me on my own podcast. Well, it depends on how we feel about time of possession. But no, no, <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from. It it doesn't not matter, but it's not always cause and effect for for winning a football game. I'm very curious to see how this Wisconsin team, if they do end up dominating the time possession, because they are so built around the run. It's not that ASU is not because you've already made that point. We've talked about this like the last week or so on the podcast as well. ASU also has an identity uh, built around their run game, but they don't have their top two running backs. So I I don't think we're going to be able to go blow for blow with them on the ground per se. So I'm curious how ASU switches their offenses going into this game. But uh, I think Wisconsin is going to be able to, to dominate the clock a little bit, mostly because of how good they are on the ground. Now, that being said, if ASU just has no control over their gaps and they are running all over us and they score pretty quickly, might not mean as much at the end of the day. But considering how much Wisconsin does like to run the ball, I do see that being a potential issue for this ASU team. Now let's go over to the defensive side. Uh, we can get more so to like specific players, uh, but at, at a high level, how has this defense performed this year, Richie? Connor, they got they got very good defensive players, especially in the front seven. You had three guys end the year with double-digit tackles for loss, and you had two guys tie for the team lead with seven sacks. But it starts with Leal Chanel, I believe is how you say it. Chanel, maybe? C-H-E-N-A-L. I think it's Chanel. We're going to find out during the We're game. We're going to find out, exactly. But point being, he had 106 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, and a team lead seven sacks for them. Two forced fumbles, too. So, I mean, this guy was one of the best linebackers in football this past year. Third-year player. He is draft eligible. We'll see if he comes out. He is a bigger linebacker, though. 6'2", 255 is what they have him listed at. So, he's not your quote-unquote modern linebacker. He's a more traditional downhill thumper kind of guy. And, I mean, he definitely puts that puts that to the test. So, he's going to be leading a very, very good front seven. seven a very good front seven. Also, for what it's worth, he did that in 10 games. So uh-huh. he, was, he was averaging almost two tackles for loss a game. Do we Jeff, know if he's healthy for this game? As far as I know, yes. So uh, at least from what we know, Danny Davis is questionable with a concussion. Joe Tipman is questionable with an arm. 
uh, Keanu Benton, questionable with an ankle, and Kendrick Pryor, who we talked about was uh, their leading receiver, is also questionable with a concussion. Those are their four injury updates as of, well, that says August, so I severely doubt. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, that was all in September. Never mind. Ignore that. Thank you so much, Sports Reference, for making me look How like dare idiot. you? How dare you yell at Sports Reference? Oh, my God. Anyways. The, the point is, as of right now, there's not any injuries to concern themselves with. Certainly not any season-ending injuries to their big-name players. So with that, ASU's got a very uphill battle trying to run the ball against this front seven, right? I really would like to see this passing game get going more so uh, specifically just for one game, right? We, we've been wishing for this all season long and it's not necessarily going to happen. It, it's not, it's not who this team is, whether it's the, the weapons on the outside or the quarterback throwing the ball, they're not a passing team, but I really do think that's going to be the key to success in this game, especially if Danny Nagata isn't going to be up to par uh, against this front seven, getting a, a huge, huge workload against the Wisconsin Badgers. Real quick, uh, Leo Chanel was actually named the team MVP for the Badgers in 2021. Definitely going to be a name to watch then in the upcoming Vegas Bowl against the Badgers. Yep, so Braylon Allen offense is the guy to watch, and Leo Chanel on defense to watch. Well, there you have it. Very high-level overview of this Wisconsin Badgers team, kind of on the offensive and defensive side. We'll definitely get more into that and some of the betting odds. Uh, and some other specifics about this game as we move closer to Thursday. But with that, we're going to go ahead and close down the podcast for today. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. We have our Twitter page at LO underscore Sun Devils. And then we have content that normally comes out Monday through Friday for you guys. All the best football and basketball content. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. But thank you so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Come back for tomorrow. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the Vegas Bowl in depth. But now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You keep it locked on right here with the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.